What's up, guys? Welcome into College Football Uncensored, our third, third episode. Um, I don't know what that means. It's not like a big anniversary episode or anything like that, but three is a cool number. It's a magic number uh, in, in some circles. Um, I'm Chris Marler. I am joined by my good friend Tyler Huck. Tyler, how are you, man? Well, I still got the mustache, rocking strong, fresh off the golf course. The first thing you answered with. Well, it's because when I look into the to the Zoom, it's just there, and it's feels it's good. Terrifying. It's almost like I, I look at it too long. I, I feel like I need to shave it off, actually. But it looks good for now. Okay. So well, I was just gonna say how you're doing. It's just like you used to be like, yeah, good, and then we just move on. But sure. it was good to, to get an update on your on your facial hair. Um, it isn't. I mean. <laughs> Like you just look more and more like a cop. Like you look a lot. I'm not just saying this to be funny. You look a lot like a young John Chavis. Oh, that's good. I guess I was thinking Ted Lasso to to be relevant, but that's probably better than John Chavis. I probably should have gone with that. <laughs> yeah. How are things for you, man? Fantastic. Fun little Sunday over here. Um, very productive. I don't want to get into what happened today because it's just like it's gonna make me sound like an old person or like Will Ferrell in old school. Like. Went to bed, Bath and Beyond. I, I don't know if I have enough time. It was that kind of day. Like we just uh, did a bunch of shit around the house. So yeah. none of that matters. Uh, what does matter is that uh, this is the last episode that we are going to have for College Football Uncensored that will be in the Saturday Down South podcast feed. We are branching off on our own. Um, obviously, uh, if, if you have not heard yet, we have split off into two podcasts and we've been working on the off season, um, just kind of growing the brand, growing ourselves, all that kind of stuff. So um, I will be doing this podcast with Tyler Huck. You can still listen to the SDS podcast. I encourage you to do so. But make sure you go subscribe, like, leave a review, whatever. But definitely subscribe and go follow College Football Uncensored because it'll be in its own feed moving forward. Is that yes. Everything? Do not forget. Yeah. Go subscribe. We will be on a different feed altogether from the SDS podcast feed. So go yeah. do that now. Somebody, You know somebody in the Facebook group is going to be like, yeah. What happened to the, the pod? Where'd it go? I'm, I'm going to lose it. Um, so don't be that person. Don't be that person. And we have a bunch of new stickers coming in for, for Cultural Uncensored as well. They were True. supposed to be here, um, it was, I think, last Wednesday, but they'll be here in March. Hey, look, so, USPS is just killing it these days. You know what's amazing is when I ordered them, they actually said you can upgrade to next day shipping for $1. Or I'm sorry, for $20. And it was one day. And I'm like looking at them like, okay. And like, I'm still in that like COVID like part where like of life where like, you don't really know what date it is, like let alone what date. And I look at the date and it said like February like 16th. And I was like, that is four days ago. What is happening right now? <laughs> so they yeah. did not, I paid extra because I figured it was like a future thing. I did, they didn't do it. Weird times in the uh, post-service world. So anyways, uh, let's get into it here. Uh, how about... I want to talk about Desmond Watson here from Florida. So, for sure. Like we, we should enter this by saying good news for college football fans. Um, <laughs> spring practice started at Florida, which is awesome. It like yeah. it is closed to the public. Uh, they're not going to do a spring game, but at least we have football again. You know, it's like a month and a half after the season ended. They're the first team in the SEC to start spring practice. They might be the first team overall to start spring practice. I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> there's a lot of storylines. I'm sure. Right. Like Dan Mullen came out. Um, I think Canell asked me this on radio last week about like, what do you think about what Dan Mullen said about the NFL? I had no idea what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> so, but, but they started practice on Friday and obviously you have a new quarterback. You're replacing a lot of talent. The person who stole the show, Desmond Washington, <laughs> Desmond Washington showed up as a true freshman. 
Well, is it, let's first off, let's get his name right. It's Desmond Watson. Okay. Watson. Dang it. My bad. Future all pro. I'm sure my favorite thing about his two, four, seven, uh, I guess profile here is that he's a large wide hipped body. <laughs> okay. So. so he came in, he showed up at 432 pounds. Good Lord. 432. <laughs> There's, you know, not a, usually, there's, not a, there's not a position on the field that, that can play at 432. Well, I wouldn't say that because the kid actually didn't look that bad. He was able to move pretty well. Um, he, he, like, this is I hate when people do this, but like, he doesn't look 432. <laughs> like, he's, he's like an athletic 432. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks 400. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean. he, like, he's just like, I hate, this is like what I hate most about when, when like football, like analysts especially, like guys in the draft will break down somebody and they're like, not an ounce of fat on him. It's like a like a six seven, three hundred and sixty pound lineman. I'm like, sir, there's absolutely is an ounce of there's multiple many ounces. There's so many, many ounces, ounces of fat on him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he he weighed in at four thirty two. Why this was amazing to me was uh, one. I remember when I was a kid, there was a, a lineman that came into Georgia Tech who was like six nine or six ten, three seventy. And my dad I think that was, was like, I think that was their punter. Oh, that was this year. Yeah, last year. <laughs> like I was five nine, three seventy. But um. I remember my dad saying, he's like, I think that guy's going to be the first 400-pound player in college football. And here we are. Desmond Watson hey, shows look. up. Because, like, people show up to, to camp overweight, but not like – I. that's not okay, right? <laughs> that's like you've been sitting on the couch watching reruns of Ozark for six straight weeks eating Funyuns overweight. Well, I mean, again – I don't think that's what he was doing. I don't, I don't think he showed up to camp. I hate to say this. I, like, I don't think he showed up to camp, like totally out of shape and like, couldn't do anything, but he is a massive, massive human being regardless. Um, go ahead. Well, so, you know, his high school scouting report, uh, which was done in July of last year, I'm just going to give you one guess. And I don't think you're going to have to strain your brain too hard here, but they gave a comparison to a, NFL player God. slash former standout college player. Now think about Mount his Cody. size. There it was. That's exactly it's, right. It's like I fat, feel like that's fat Julian Edelman. This is like this, this is the laziest take ever. It's like yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but I I get why. What? How tall is he again? So coming out of high school, six five, three eighty. Obviously now put on a few pounds. I doubt he's grown that much. So six five. I mean that's that's okay. tall, but I mean, yeah, that's not. I mean, it's like <laughs> six five. Like if you would have said like he's six one or something like that, I'd be like, oh god. Um, I mean, so six five, that's better. That's fine. Um, I'm not gonna judge him based off that. I, again, we've heard this before. Like players showing up and they're like, I mean, there's been players at Georgia like Lyman that have showed up and and they're they're already big, huge people. Like the Mount Cody thing obviously stands out because remember when Mount Cody signed, he was like six five, and he was three. 90 and they were like by all means he's 410 pounds like he, he's like huge 432 like the numbers when i saw it i was like what and that's that a freshman be yeah yeah so that kid's yeah. 18 like, years old when he gets in the weight room dude like, we, i tell you what he's gonna put some good weight on him he might get up to 516 570 he's a he's a squat max he's an absolutely like he's a high school squat max is what he is all right, well, Desmond Watson, we'll see what he comes. <laughs> hey, look, look, maybe we're we fast forward to the fall. We're doing a pod. It's, it's mid October, and this guy is uh, an all SEC freshman. 
mean, again, he looks pretty good. He, he really does. I, I, what comes with this though, is one, we're going to do a quick segment here on our favorite fat athletes of all time. And then two, it is some of my least favorite, like cliches and jargon of, of like the, the football and sports world is like, again, not an ounce of fat on them. Um, baby weight. When somebody loses their baby weight, like this is like, like multiple babies. Um, but then, but the other one I hate the most is when somebody's like, dude, look at this. This is video. Of, he's, he's a lineman. He's six, four, or he's like six, six, three seventy, And he's dunking a basketball. How impressive is that? I'm like, he's six, six to six, eight. Like not that impressive. Like he's no. standing and touching the rim. Could I dunk? Absolutely not. No. But I only weigh 412 pounds. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, favorite fat athletes you start. I feel like we got to skip the obvious answer of the Pillsbury throw boy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. He passed you know, last year, though. The hefty lefty. I know. RIP. Uh, so, all right. I'll start and I'll, I'll, I'll leave him out of this. I was going to go with just Sebastian Janikowski. Seabass. Bass. <laughs> a kicker. Yeah. I mean, this guy, they called him the Polish powder keg because he's a lefty kicker. He kicked the ball 70 yards, but he was the fattest guy on the team. Yeah. I guess you really don't have to be an athlete. It's kind of like John Daly running out there. It's like, I mean, really all you're doing is swinging your leg. I don't think you're really trying to break any records running the 40. But Sebastian Janikowski is like the ideal male body when it comes to the NFL. It's like, really? Has this guy put in one like lick of effort into doing anything? I mean, to be fair, or to be clear – this is not a, a segment where we're fat shaming. These are like our favorite players that come from this because like, like Desmond Watson, I, the first thing I thought of, I was like, please God put him in, in like some sort of formation on the goal line. Like not as a fullback. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't have a fullback in, in Mullen's offense, but like put him in the wildcat for the love of God. Um, <laughs> they do now that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I, I like that one with Janikowski. It's, it's a, like an oldie, but a goodie there. Yep. Um, Prince Fielder is the one that comes to mind for me. Oh Yeah. Love that swing. Have you seen the, the videos of his son? By the way, I think his son's like in high school, which is unbelievable Jesus. to me. He was two but, years. He graduated two years before us in 2002. <laughs> I, I, I remember when he was being, when he was like a high school senior being recruited because he started hearing these stories about him. He was 5'11", 275. <laughs> he ran a 6'8", 60, which is like in baseball, you run the 60. It, like 6'6", six, six is considered like elite. I ran a six six nine, no big deal. This is uh, soccer cleats, right. so it didn't count. Um, but he ran a six eight, and I remember hearing these stories about him. It's like, yeah, he's like not like your typical first baseman. He's almost three hundred pounds, but he he hit his first home run at Tiger Stadium, like old Tiger Stadium, when he was twelve years old in the upper deck. Well, his son, so I'm looking this up now, is sixteen years old, so he is our age. Uh, Prince, not obviously his son. Uh, he's thirty six, a little bit older than me. 16-year-old son, he has the exact same swing as his dad. If you gotta if you That's if you guys one. are listening, go check this out. Google it. Prince Fielder's son mashes just like Cecil, just like Prince, Ooh. but the exact same swing. Okay, I love Another that. The reason I like Prince um is because Prince hates Cecil. So um <laughs> there's that. But no, but the thing about Prince Fielder is again, he's not just big, but he was fast. And the most impressive part about weighing 280 pounds and being a professional athlete, he was a vegetarian. Like what? How? What vegetarian do you know that's in that that amount of shape? I drink a lot of milk, so I don't even know. Is that a thing? Can you drink milk if you're a vegetarian? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I was going to go with Eddie Lacy. Just to shout out to you. Because <laughs> he, got, he, got, he got really fat when he's like. Uh, but I'll go with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, look, this guy, Ooh. he's not exactly in the best of shape. Um, and as he his career good. continues on, um, he continues to get in the shape that kind of fits his whole thing, which yeah. is just more, just getting more into the fat category. Um, <laughs> but hell, I mean, look, he's put up, what, ha, how many Super how many Super Bowls has he won? One two. or two. Yeah. I mean, look, I if you're that fat running around quarterback, I mean, this guy's neck so thicker than mine. Like you're that fat. Like he's again, definitely got not- sleep apnea. I mean, with <laughs> thick neck. I mean, is he going to have a, a, a terrible case of gout? Absolutely. But right now, <laughs> right now, the his stock is very high still. I mean, it's not, I think they actually might be letting go. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think here. Phil Kessel is the NHL player. <laughs> I, I, I saw this was like, like I Googled this, right? I Googled like, I gotta, hey, I got to Google like, it now. Favorite fat athletes, right? And and there's like a, like tons of lists. It's pretty pretty awesome. Um, oh, and we got, he is so robust. He's, He's listed at six feet two oh two. That was like my peak body. Right. I was in, in college, like what? It, but the only thing that's impressive about that is like hockey is so fucking hard from like, like the fact that they're skating forwards and backwards um on ice for like it's it is the it seems like it's the most physically exhausting like professional sport imaginable. And I know that people are gonna hate on that because of football, obviously, but like Hockey seems like you have to be in incredible shape. So I'm 6'1", 6'2", on a good day. Ladies, holla at me. Uh, And I am battling to get to 203, 202. Battling. I'm on on the Pelly four days a week. No one asked, but can you you ice skate? You'd be like the fattest ballerina ever. Like Tanya Larding. If you like, that's what we're talking about right now. I feel like, I feel like six foot 202 is really not that bad. No, that again, that was when I was in my peak. Well, I was like 190 at my peak, but like the 202, I, I mean, I, I don't, whatever. That seems like a, like a kind of rude from the NHL and uh, Bleacher Report who put that in there. Um, I, the other one I have is like, this is just getting into how impressive, uh, what do you call it? Um, like players from the NFL draft were Makai Benton or Makai Becton. Oh, 67364 ran a 5 1 flat 40. How does that – I just – that confuses me. Yeah. How is that possible? No clue. Like I, and he's – like he's – that was last year. And I think we're getting – we're seeing better athletes now as like, you know, like the years go on because you see um, Tristan Wirfs, which is the Wirfs last name ever, just Wirfs. Ooh, that's um, what he did there. Yeah, but he, he was like – he jumped out of a pool. I don't even know who gets the idea. Like, all right, listen, see the pool you're in? Jump out of it. Like, how, like there's, I can't imagine what I would look like trying to do that, but like, you've seen it as like each year, each combine that the NFL combine goes by, like linemen are getting in better and better shape, becoming better and better athletes. I remember last year, there was a video Bama posted in the summer of Evan Neal, who came in at, out of high school at six, seven, three seventy, And he was doing box jumps, but they were like split squat jumps where he would like jump up and then split his legs out. And he would land like, in like a runner position with like on like uh you know padded boxes in the front and back and it was like i don't know like a 30 36 inch jump or something it was crazy 
I'm going to give a shout out to Tristan Wirfs because when we did our segment on the NFL draft props, one of them was how many cats do we see on screen? And we were trying to identify oh, yeah. <laughs> without really knowing much about any of the candidates. Yeah. Who could possibly fit a cat guy? I said you, Justin you Herbert. I said Justin yeah. Herbert. To be fair, Tristan Wirfs was solely a candidate because I thought he was like, he was from Iowa. So I thought he was like a white lacrosse player. And, and I was like, that seems like a fit for a cat guy. Yeah. Tristan little, is, a, is a pretty strong name like that. <laughs> little did I know he'd be like the best right tackle in the league as a, as a uh, rookie. So good. So um, yeah. Albert Hainsworth is another one. That guy was an absolute monster of a man. I don't know how he's so athletic monster of a person um, yeah. as well. I also, so I just want like everyone to be clear when we did this again, it's just be favorite athletes, like people we get pleasure out of watching play sports. And you named Ben Roethlisberger who peed on a girl. And then Albert Hainsworth who like stomped a dude out in college and, and other stuff. So I just want to point that out because I'm a better person. Um, oh, favorite okay. athletes. You said favorite fat people. So that was <laughs> a little <laughs> so, different. Last two I'm going to throw out here. Cause this is like, this is again, reading from the list. Um, somebody wrote down Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn looks like every fucking seventh grade science teacher you ever had. It's like, hey guys, welcome in. And, yeah, I'm gonna put on a clinic out here. Um, and it's like the one of the best hitters, maybe the best hitter post Ted Williams that ever lived, um, which is outstanding and ridiculous at the same time. Somebody they they added Babe Ruth. You guys know how I feel about Babe Ruth. We'll get into it some other time. John Daly. I didn't put John Daly on here because I don't think he's like an athlete. Athlete. He's a, a hell of a golfer. But here's some stats for you that are most impressive. And it's not his 305.3 yard driving average uh, currently. Wait, what? Yeah. So that's, well, I don't know when this is made actually. Um, Cause Bartolo Colon's also on here. This could have been like 2000. It's from 2016. So it's not current. Um, but here's, here's another stat line for you for John Daly. According to USA today, the sizable golfer smokes 40 cigarettes a day and drinks roughly <laughs> 10 to 12 cans of Coke down from 26 to 28 come on if he said he goes it's diet coke which is like i'm not gonna uh, for diet coke but like john no, i think you should to 28 yeah also has an um, ex-wife named paulette which seems yeah. to fit uh and last but not least kirby smart and, and kirby's not even that fat but i just want to point out how good of an athlete kirby still is getting down the sidelines on stuff um kids still got it i'll just say it all right, let's move on. Let's move on from this. Um, some actual news that happened this week. Uh, UCF. This happened, of course, like a day or two after we recorded last week. Um, keeping with tradition, uh, keep the tradition alive, I guess. So Central Florida reached out and signed Gus Malzahn to be their next head coach in Orlando. Um, it was – so I want to get your thoughts on that in general – but also the day itself was one of my, it was like one of my favorite days so far of the off season for sure. But like, it was the perfect day for somebody in my job, which is social media a lot of times because the, what was happening at this press conference was unbelievable and just beautiful at the same time. So he got knighted for one. Come on. They, <laughs> he got knighted by the fucking mascot. So it's like, that is the most Chuck E. Cheese shit imaginable like that that is like go up on stage with us man i want you to sing with us like billy passed the third grade like <laughs> well, what like well, what why is the three. night is so ridiculous and then they gave him a jersey they gave him a, it's like you know if you're a professional 
like athlete, like baseball does this all the time. You get a new jersey, go to the press yep. conference, put it on. Mm-hmm. They gave Malzahn a jersey, and it wasn't like, like, hey, we got this from the store. It, it is a legit jersey. It had like the, <laughs> the like shoulder pads of like, um, like a what do you call it? Uh, you know, like like the what's it? Damn it, what's it called? What so on it the fits shoulders? around the shoulder pads? Yeah, it's not like hanging loose, like like all the jerseys from the nineties. It doesn't matter. But they gave him like a legit jersey with number nine on it, which I I hope he wears on the fucking sidelines and just ditches the the sweater vest. But then somebody asked him a question, and this was what like really stole the show. They Gus could not have looked happier because he still got like thirteen million from Auburn, like. <laughs> and according to anyone else but the guy that you're about to talk about, has like the easiest. Who who in Orlando is like attacking the UCF coach for well, they're going? Out, they're out of control. No, they, they, their fan base is like, I'll, I'll give them credit. They are some of the most rabid and, and like into it and fanatical. Like, listen, they are a lot like SEC fans. They really are because they are irrational. They never use logic and reason. They hang on to one season that happened not recently. It happened like four to five years ago. And they always, they have like, they ha- they beat Bama in like 2000. Or something like that. They, they really? beat Auburn. To, yeah. Yes. I remember when they beat Auburn. National championship game for them. So they'll bring all of that up repeatedly. You'll never hear about the LSU game um, the following year when they they uh, broke their their winning streak. But the fan base is there's a lot of them. They're they're they really are fanatical and they're into it and, and good for them. I can't tell you. It's it's like a lesser version of all Twitter when you get like on on actual social media with them because they will absolutely lose their minds about any slights you have against their program. And so I think that's where this comment was coming from. This, this writer from Orlando, um, he said something along the lines of, and we definitely should have looked up the quote like real professionals, but we didn't. Um, so he said something along the lines of, are you aware of the, God dang it. What was the exact yeah, quote? Like pretty much like, are you going to be ready for the like 24 seven rabid fan base being very critical of you and it's like uh yeah bro i just coached at auburn where yeah you know i'm in the sec and i have to face alabama every year and you know people are not satisfied with a nine and three campaign like yes i i think i'll be okay in the g5 coaching for ucf going up against western kentucky every year and blowing them out by 70 I right. think I'll be okay. So, and like, he's a good coach. He's a really underrated coach. Dude, they upgraded. I'm sorry, yeah. Tennessee fans. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they upgraded from Hypel. To me, that, that seems like an upgrade. I, especially I do UCF. think that like Michael Wayne Bratton, one of our coworkers at SCS, he brought this up. I thought it was a really good point. Um, it, it, could, it could be a good hire for UCF and, and be even a better hire. They got a better coach, whatever. But it could also still be the fact that that wasn't the right guy for Tennessee because I don't think he was the right guy for Tennessee. Um, And I think that going to UCF, he'll have, you know, he'll have a blast there. Um, And and the question again was, was something along the lines of like, are you, are you aware of, it wasn't like the powder keg, like you said earlier, that's just in my head, but like the, Oh, the, he said, are you aware? Are you ready for the pressure cooker that comes with like this job? And he kind of laughed for a second because it's like, yeah, he just left. Yeah, being in state in the SEC. First off, his mm-hmm. cross divisional rival was Georgia, and then he, on top of that, he had to play and be in the same state as Nick Saban, and he beat him three times more than any other coach. 
That's why. I, so I've talked to a lot of Auburn fans about Malzahn, and they're like, "Thank God we got rid of him." And I, I get it to an extent. You kind of run your course, but it's like he's the only coach I know of that consistently actually got the better of Saban. Yeah. And and you know the 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 common excuse is the guy can't develop a quarterback, and I get it. But he also turned a DB into a guy that took them to the national championship game. Granted, they, he was at his best. Yeah, and, and I mean, granted, they they got lucky in a few of those games, uh, as you may recall. Um, <laughs> but I mean, still, like, I feel like he wasn't that bad at, at QB development. I mean, no. maybe not the best in the country, but I mean, this seems like a home run hire for UCF to me. I completely agree. Uh, you know, I, I think that when you look at going into last season, I remember looking at like all the different uh, coaching records of SEC coaches and they did it against top 10, top 25 and, and um, in the SEC, he was in the top five of like in every single category. And he was in the top four of several. And, you know, I understand his struggles. This is not a, a guy that I think even with a gimmicky offense where you're going to have a ceiling over your program. Like that's, that's always what I said about Paul Johnson, like the, running the triple option um, because Sure, like you're gonna you're gonna jump up and bite somebody once a year because it's hard to prepare for a gimmicky offense like on you know whether it's like a short week or just coming off a big game or whatever. Gus doesn't have that gimmicky of an offense anymore, really. I mean, like he does no. a lot of like motions like that, but what you're seeing now in college football in general and the way play callers are and like go watch any Bama game from last year and and the the kind of motion they had somebody in motion on every single play and it was something Sarkeesian was trying to do. Yeah, go that watch the NFL. Not- yeah, it, it looks not yeah. dissimilar from what like when it, when he first came out on the scene, like as the OC in two thousand nine. I hated hated playing games against Gus Malzahn because it was like God, it, it's like you couldn't catch your breath. Like, nope. There's constantly he, he just keeps his foot on the gas. There's constantly somebody in motion. You gotta you gotta be aware and be accountable for like so many different players on the field. The question I have with him going to UCF is not whether he'll have success. I think he'll have success. Will he be able to develop? An, an elite or even just a good quarterback because that's the one thing he hasn't been able to do while at Auburn. You brought Nick Marshall, who was a transfer and was, mm-hmm. you know, a DB, but like he's never been able to take even like Bo Nix was a five-star and, and, and been able to develop a guy. And that's like one thing we know UCF has a great offense, but they always have, it seems like this elite quarterback that's putting up almost how Boise was mm-hmm. with Kellen. Um, what do you call it? More. Kellen Kel- Moore. Yeah, I almost said Kellen Mon. I think it was Kellen Moore, but like, yeah. But they always had a guy that was, you know, able to run that offense, run that system, and then it probably isn't Kellen Moore, is it? Yeah, no, I was just thinking, <laughs> what was that guy's name? Kellen something. Um, but regardless, I, that'll be my biggest question. Can he de- develop? Because he already has a good one in Dylan Gabriel. So what do you think? Yep. No, I think he'll be fine. I mean, look, it, it, who's your toughest competition, you know, in that league? Memphis is good. But, I mean, yeah, the, the thing that I love about the UCF job, it it's – and this is, I'm not trying to make anybody laugh here. It's probably one of the best jobs that you can have in the country because there's zero pressure, no matter what that right. reporter said. And you're getting a lot of these three, maybe four-star guys from Florida, which yeah. is one of the most talent-rich states in the country that maybe aren't good enough to play at Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or even Florida State, Florida, but are really good because they are they play football in 6A region in florida yeah and and they so have played a lot of big florida games yeah, seven a's eight a's i don't know there's so many but, a's now <laughs> but uh I, I think he'll be really good i think he'll get them into a new year's bowl at some point um mm-hmm. and i i really do think ucf upgraded and it's not the slight hypo i just i think malzahn's a good coach and i know a lot of people don't agree with me but that's yeah. what i think so yeah, yeah i think I it's a good also hire. 
the the thing with Melzahn, I think we're going to see initially as well, because his offense is not predicated off throwing the ball. And again, that's what UCF's been able to do really well. They've they've had a good offense regardless, and I'm sure you know their running backs have also put up good numbers. Not like what they would do with, with Malzahn. I think what you're going to see is like a back to basics, like what he what we first saw with him when he was at Auburn as the OC and head coach, where you're going to get a lot of running backs like like putting up big, big, big numbers. And I, I really think that the biggest thing we talk about, he can recruit. He can definitely recruit, which is like, yeah, you're you're probably not going to sign like you might get a a five-star once every couple of years, possibly. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, but you'll definitely yeah. be able to get them in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll also be able to have, like we talked about before, like in, in that area, like we, with Dan Mullins, like inefficiencies with recruiting, you look in your backyard, there's five and four stars everywhere and you can get high three stars. Cause it's hard to evaluate that much talent in the state anyway. So there's tons of three-star talent as well. Well, part of it might be our next segment here is that recruiting has changed a little bit with the pandemic and that, you know, there's been a recruiting dead period for basically a year. So there's a lot of these three star kids that aren't, you know, they they haven't been able to to travel anywhere to go look at schools. And so where they may have gone to a, a maybe been like a lower tier player for a power five school. Um, they're not even getting looked at because they haven't been evaluated or anything. Right. Because these ki- these coaches can't get on the road. So UCF and and teams like that could basically luck into getting a really good player or three or four and turn into success very quickly. So um, you know, we'll see. And and, and you know, we'll get into the to the recruiting thing in a minute, but um I think no, Malzahn will do really well at UCF. So I, you know, I don't know how familiar you are. Do you follow recruiting a lot? I mean, outside I of do. like knowing, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that, um, uh, well, like you brought up, like, like I, the news this week that came out was NCAA is extending the dead period till May thirty first. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I follow recruiting. I, I, I'll just, you know what, I'll just say it. I don't understand what the dead period is. So explain <laughs> it to me because I asked you this off air and you yep. said I'll talk to, I'll talk about it on the podcast, which was. Yep deja vu for me but yeah go ahead so the dead period basically means that kids aren't allowed to come to a school paid for by the school and they're not allowed to when they go on campus they're not allowed to visit the coaches or anything like that it's on their own accord Uh the coaches aren't allowed to be involved the coaches also are not allowed to get on the road and and visit kids at their school so basically for the for the better part of a year None of these coaches or recruits have have been able to see each other in person. You can recruit right. on Zoom, but you can't get out and see a, a, a campus. And we talked about this in one of our last episodes where you're going to have an entire recruiting class 2021 of kids that have never or for a large majority of them have never been to the campus that they committed. Right. to. So the transfer portal is going to be out of control next year. Um, but I, I just... To me, I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, (laughs) I want want to. I want to bring it up on the podcast because to me, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're letting as the NCAA, you're you're allowing you allowed fans in the stands for games last year, and this fall you plan on for as long as we can keep progressing, maybe full stadiums, but you won't let kids come to a to a a campus and walk around with a coach. I mean. Uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense. It, it not only hurts, obviously, the programs and the coaches, which is secondary to the fact that you're hurting the kids. 
these kids can't get on campus and make a decision for the rest, you know, the rest of their lives. And right. so I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we've all been doing it for a year. You can wear a mask when you go on campus. You can make things safe. You can socially distance. I just really don't understand why the NCAA continually screws things up. Yeah, consistently. That, I think, and that's more of the focus here because we don't want to get into a COVID thing and, and yeah. all the differing opinions that come with that. And none of us are scientists at all. Um, so so I, I get it to like from a standpoint because it really is hard to – you know, keep up with how people feel differently about it. It affects people so differently as well. Like even if you get it and, and it's hard to keep up with that many people of like, all right, who have you been around? Like what, like, so trying to right. manage that on such a big scale is obviously a very difficult thing to do. The problem is things NCAA. So they fuck up everything they ever touch. And yeah. it's, and it's like, rarely this might be like, and this is just from a surface level standpoint, right? the optics of it this this might be like the only time it seems like they're actually trying to do something positive for the student athlete because usually it's just like whatever they do makes no sense it's, it's like you would sit here and think like, okay what what is what is the last thing you should do in this situation or what's the one thing we don't want you to do and it's like let's think it out here and before you can like even like like rattle off answers that they've already done it like what the, how like how did you make that of all the decisions that's the one you went with um so, yeah, like, I, I don't really understand that. I guess, from, you know, from what I've heard and, and, you know, rumors are everywhere, obviously, but it's actually been a lot of these smaller schools that have fought for this because yeah. they're running huge deficits. Yeah. I mean, the, these these colleges have been killed by the pandemic when it comes to revenue and mm. they can't afford to fly kids out on an all expenses paid official right. visit. And so they're like, let's just push it off. But what it's really doing is it's helping the, the, the schools that are the elite of the elite right now. So mm -hmm. you talk Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. It's like if you can't visit campuses and you're an elite recruit and you're getting recruited by everybody, well, I, I know what I've got here in Alabama, for example. Um, and so it, it – it hurts the teams that may be trying to have a little bit of a come up and, and get right. into that next tier because they can't get kids on campus to actually recruit them and say, Hey, look, you know, here's where you, here's where you would live. Here's how you come sit with us in the film room. Let's, right. let's you know, it just, it's tough, well, but and they might've done, they might've done like the proactive thing to, to solve part of that problem, which is if you're, if you're allowed to transfer and have immediate eligibility at least once that, because you're going to have a, a, a huge influx and, and surplus of kids in the transfer portal, like from this, mm -hmm. like on top of what we already have. And so maybe that is at least some positive that they, that they did from this. The other part of it for me is you talk about like not being able to afford some of these, you know, like some of these like smaller schools. And I wonder the lasting impact that, that COVID in 2020 is going to have on some of these like smaller schools and these mid majors and stuff like that for such a, like for how long is it going to affect those programs? Because we talked about this last year, you get a, a program like Kent state, Kent state was supposed to play Kentucky, Alabama, and Penn state last year. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, their, that's what the money that they make for the entire year. It, it was $5 million. They would have gotten from those three games alone, 5 million total. And that was going to, that was, that was basically one sixth of their, their overall athletic program budget, which was $30 million. So that's a huge amount of money. You don't you don't have a bunch of boosters. I'm assuming. I mean, like one like is there like a fucking Warren Buffett at Kent State? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, like he just runs everything. Love the zip. That's that's the move that you think about. If I ever get rich, I'm gonna go to like the smallest school imaginable. Like you know what? Listen, everything is named after me. 
Like absolutely everything is named after me. And we renamed the Dean. He's got my name now. (laughs) Quarterback's name is Chris Marler. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's anything like that. So I wonder how long it'll, it'll affect people like that. Um, We were going to get into the transfer portal. I feel like we've talked about too much serious stuff already though. That's true. Should we just yeah. hop on to something else like Tebow we had retiring? A long day of golf, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that for a second. I do want to go around real quick um, with some college football news and notes. Uh, I only put this in here honestly because I thought we weren't going to talk about college football <laughs> as much, despite the name of the show, just because that's been our brand so far for the first two episodes. But around college football, two of my favorite things I saw this week. Um, so there's still games being played. FCS teams are playing. Jackson State had their first game. Uh, which that is, uh, if that sounds familiar, it's an HBCU uh, in Mississippi, and it is uh, home now to their head coach of Deion Sanders, which is awesome. Yes, yes, they had, it is. <laughs> they had their first game. Um, they won, and there was some issue beforehand. I don't want to speak on this too much because I definitely <laughs> didn't read the whole story. I just was very caught off guard. Um, somebody like raided the locker room and stole a bunch of shit from the players. It was not Nick Marshall. Um, it says... Deion Sanders says belongings were stolen from the locker room during their first game, which is the best time. Like they were, it was like during the middle of the game. Someone just went in there. It was like, yeah, it says, so I love love to see. So um, somebody said there was a miscommunication. What was happening with Deion Sanders stuff. When he came in the presser, he thought it was stolen and, and, but member of the JSU staff had it secured. It was the first game at the stadium. The first for JSU at home since 2019. It was a hectic week. This is from Steven Gaither on Twitter. Um, and then he, Dion or Coach Prime t- on Twitter uh, comment, like quote tweeted it, and he wrote, "Nah." First off, that's his first word. Nah. Nah. It was stolen, but they got it back. It was stolen out of my personal bag in my office, and my assistant caught the gentleman in the process of stealing it, but she was alone. No miscommunication, my man at all. Mm. Imagine if that- you're in the Jackson State media and you've already fucked up after one game with with Dion. Not great. I, I'm really interested to see what happens with Dion down there. Um, I mean, they won 53 to zero. Yeah, they played Edward Waters. Have you ever heard of Edward Waters before? Edward Waters is a great man. Edward Waters was well. That's a college, uh, so <laughs> it was. It's not the one Edward person. Edward Waters is probably what we're just talking about. It probably <laughs> used to be called like Purnell University or something like that. And Edward Waters is like, no, nah, fuck that, man. I made 160 grand last month. Uh, you're gonna name it. <laughs> you're gonna name this. You're gonna name this after me. Like how? Like how much money do you have to be the biggest booster at at Edward Waters College? <laughs> it's got to be like in the. It's three digits tops, right? Like nobody's given a thousand dollars besides Edward Waters himself. All right. You convinced <laughs> me. Over it. No, I'm looking up Edward Waters. It's in Jacksonville. I had. I mean, look. I've got family in Florida. I went to school in Florida. Never heard of this. It is Jacksonville. It is a. a Private college in Jacksonville, Florida. Edward Waters. Okay. So here's what we need to do. And Congrats. I know we've only had three episodes. Um, you said talking shit about Edward Waters. <laughs> Congrats, dude, on your university or whatever. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I know we're a very young and, and new podcast, and we don't have that um, big of a following even hey, yet. Or, hell or, or hell of a thing by us starting a new podcast in an off season. I mean, that's just yeah, – that's awesome. Just, so different from ever the white person I know, but, um, but yeah, I'll say this in the off season, You're right. But here's, here's what we should do. Like the goal, I was going to say we should go on trips and I want to do all this like interactive stuff with the audience. What we should do is just get a GoFundMe going and pick out a school that we can become the biggest booster for and name some shit after us. And then we could make up whatever the name would be. Hell yeah. Huh. 
Um, play Texas anyway. A&M next year, boys. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's like on the the grand scheme of things. We end up infiltrating the school, becoming the athletic department, and then we'll sign a game like that and just keep the money and never fucking show up. It's it's perfect. Um, all right, Sick. there's there's six former players from the SEC. Uh, on that Jackson State team, so it'll be something that's that's fun to to keep up with. Uh, other things fun to keep up with this week, just stories from around, um, stories from around college football. I'll say that in air quotes, just because of the state of what college football is right now, and FCS games only. So college football home, which is a it's a really fun, and they're they're good guys um, to follow on Twitter. They they posted this other day, and it was like this is the most. I don't even know if this is FCS. It might be. Division two. I don't even want to tell you the name of the school because I know you're just going to shit on it like you just did with Everett Waters. But um, so Faulkner, Faulkner University or University, I'm sure it's not University of Faulkner. Um, this was, they had a game this weekend and they're starting I think quarterback. That that's not the I name. Just, Faulkner's not even that, that's not even that. Edward Waters is a lot less believable than Faulkner. I, there's a lot less. Um, there's a life university in our fucking state, dude. What are like? What should we name it? Life. Life. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's like Faulkner University, the starting quarterback, didn't know if he was going to make it to the game in time. This is the most Disney Channel, like Hallmark Channel shit you've ever heard in your life. This is what happens he when you have spring football. <laughs> he didn't know if he was going to make it to the game in time because he had his brother's wedding to go to. It's like, I. We, I mean, into his defense, good for him. Yeah, no um, fall weddings. No fall weddings. Yeah, that was my first response, too. And then I was like, wait, well, I guess he did do the right thing because it wasn't yeah. in the fall. But still, like, what are we? Um, I just thought that was hilarious. And that seems like a storyline you would see in a shitty movie. <laughs> that, like, like we would see when we were kids. That I can't miss my brother's wedding. It's like, the girl I love is there. And I got to tell her for the first time. Or something stupid. And people. It's like, like the plot of the entire the movie. Game, the whole movie. Yeah. And then he just goes and shows up at, like, halftime. He plays in his tux. I, the most like the most unbelievable part for me and it's probably just because i'm old now is like how the hell you don't drive from a wedding like doing the cupid shuffle and shit and then then go to your game like are you gonna stretch because if you don't stretch like I, I can barely move in the morning without stretching now hey don't sleep on the cupid shuffle as a, as a form of workout all right Definitely. <laughs> what are you talking about yeah Definitely he's sleep on that that song sucks <laughs> he's, he's primed he's primed for the game after the cupid shuffle there you go um all right so that's what's going on around college football. Uh, other news. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on. The Faulkner QB. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Edward Waters. On our list of four topics that we've gotten through today. That was right. That was that was on there as one of the that you know what? Listen, I'll, I'll say it right now. For this week, you're doing you're doing a Mount Rushmore of college football topics for this week. The Faulkner quarterback and his wedding shit was definitely on that list. Um, yeah. other news that I, I guess I don't see eye to eye with people on this that much. Tim Tebow retired from baseball, which I is the right thing to do and was the right thing to do years ago. Um, <laughs> this was like he's I think 32 now. He he was he was invited to spring training from the Mets. Um, it, listen, I love Tim Tebow. It's, it's a guy we've interviewed before. Uh, I made him laugh because I didn't know how to say Deuteronomy. Damn it! I still don't. Oh wow! Um, still don't. don't tell my mom. But <laughs> he he retired from baseball. Um, and I guess I, I didn't realize that people were still excited as, as much as they were about Tim Tebow in, in like an athletic situation. I would like, if he was playing in the XFL last year, I, I would have watched that a thousand percent baseball. I mean, he was able to do some things and it's impressive that he was able 
to hit home runs in a minor league baseball setting and like professional baseball setting after not playing since high school. And he was also homeschooled. So that's like, I'm not hating on him as a athlete or he's probably a better baseball player than I was taking up a roster spot in minor league baseball. It just seems so egregious to me for so long because that, that is like one of the most difficult and cutthroat, um, I was going to say industries, but you know what I mean? Like, like, like professions to be in, especially now with COVID, because there's, there's been so many other teams that have been in leagues that have been on hold and, and less and less players, but you rarely see a major league baseball scout or, or teams take a player over the age of 23, like ever. So the fact that he was picked up and still getting these opportunities was, was kind of frustrating for me, at least. What is it about Tebow specifically? Is it, cause I mean, Obviously, he won the Heisman. He was, <laughs> he was a he was a really good athlete, and he did a lot of good things in Florida. But I mean, there's been a lot of other Heisman winners that haven't gone on to do much that people just forget about. But with Tebow, it's like this whole thing. Again, he hit 223 over a span of three years. Which look, I'm not saying I, I I'm not saying I could go out and hit 226. But I mean, the guy is supposed to be a stellar athlete. I would think he could run into a few over time. Um, Two twenty six is not bad for somebody that hasn't played baseball since high school. I will, I will say that it's not good enough to get what some of the things that he was being given. Though. Right, but I just wanted to take the time to to let you know that I am retiring from golf. <laughs> You're you played golf this <laughs> afternoon, so I, yeah. I know you're lying. What's the difference? I'm making a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Go out to whatever golf course yeah. you're in with a 45 jersey on next time. No, I mean, like, one, well, I'm even more offended that you just said you could probably run into a few um, and hit 226 because, like, 226 is not as bad as I thought, um, to be honest. It really wasn't that bad. I think what people love about Tebow is he is a guy that really transcended the game of college football. He was really, really good. I mean, really, really good. He was. He I was. think the best quarterback at, at, I think he's, I think he's the best college quarterback in the history of college football. In my opinion, I understand like what the season Joe Burrow had, I, Cam Newton's year, Manziel there's, there's other players that are even better pros. And we've seen that like, obviously, right. I'm not, I'm not saying that I've never seen a guy that was that good of a, a quarterback in that system as Tim Tebow. And it really was at the start of this whole spread offense that we now are so accustomed to. And it's like the norm. Mm-hmm. So it was something new and he's such a good guy. And he's a white, has a great haircut. And that's why, like, I think like the majority <laughs> people in America are drawn to that. It's, it's almost yeah. like good haircuts. Not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think that there's like, that's not a, I don't need to get into like race or anything like that or, or social um, norms and stuff like that. But I think it's something that we would be lying to ourselves if it wasn't prominent, I think yeah. in like a society and with, with athletes, especially when you see like, Somebody that's like got a great smile. It's a good, clean cut kid. He never, like, he never, he never had sex. He just got married at like thirty one. He he circumcised a kid on spring break. I, I almost <laughs> circumcised myself, and it was not on purpose on spring break. Okay, so like, <laughs> I I don't think we we live different lives. Obviously, I I think he's he's just a guy that you know, like he's not immune from people criticizing him, and people hated him in college. Like, don't forget that there was a lot of people that loved him. Remember when, it, when the LSU fans had the cell phone number? They did that to a lot of people. Yes, <laughs> that was kind of and funny. he actually talked shit back to him. It was like, <laughs> uh, which is it seemed like so so uh, different from how he usually is. But well, I feel like he was just the guy that like it, you love to hate on him because it was like, oh, this nerd, like he's 
yeah you never had sex blah 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 you know you try to you try to find stuff (laughs) yeah you know i I probably did uh but it's like it's at the end of the day you can talk as much shit as you want and he would still beat you on the field yeah absolute monster of an athlete one of the best players ever come through college football uh, you need so, a yard. There's not a, a besides yeah. Cam Newton. There's not a player I've ever watched. It's like there's no there's no way they can stop this guy. And, and like yeah. the nerd thing is funny. You're a Florida State guy, so like what was your well, thought of? Well, that, that was the thing is like you tried to you had to find something off the field to try to make fun of him for. And like he was right. like certainly pretty much an angel off the field too. So there's like yeah. nothing that you could really hate him for. So you just tried to pick at things that were like very minuscule and didn't mean right. anything to try to make fun of him. So it's like, Oh, he's a nerd. Okay, cool. Okay. So he just beat Florida state like 70 to four. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a tough uh, day for y'all. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so no, he, he was an all timer and honestly, you know, hated him at the time when he was on the field, but it's pretty much hard to hate him now. You know, he's a yeah. good dude. And so, uh, Hey, happy I, retirement I to you, Tim. Yeah. Like I, for real. And you know, I don't think I'll be going that too. far, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a I had a shirt after Bama beat them in 2009 because because like one, I, yeah, I'm sure I, I said like things like that I wouldn't say now or, you know, like hated on him just from like a fan standpoint, because he was so effing good. Like like we didn't even think he was a bad thrower in college or if that if that was a thing people were talking about, I don't remember it because I just thought he was the best quarterback I'd ever seen. And maybe it was the way they were scheming people open or the talent he had around him. I don't know. Like, I, I don't remember him being that inaccurate when he was in, in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when Bama beat him, I, I remember buying a shirt and it was like the outline of him crying. And in like, it had like the eye black strips. Cause he'd always put like the yeah. Bible verse in it. And it said Bama 32, 13, which is the score. Tebow cried for our sins. And I love that shirt so much. And and now I'm looking at him like, ah, it's, I can't believe who I was as a person then. But yeah, like, a very successful guy. And I, I always say this to you, like we're a nation of haters. Like we, it's so easy to hate on people and root for people to fail for some reason. I don't like people do that with Johnny Manziel this weekend and, or last weekend in his fan controlled football thing. And which is like, I don't know how big that Edward waters probably started that fucking league. I'm assuming. Desmond Watson's going to be in the league soon. <laughs> Desmond Watson. Yeah. I think I, honestly, I think Desmond Watson's going to be good. He probably um, will. Anyway, that's enough. I, I, of, of you know that's the whole story from tebow um congrats on retiring and i think baseball did the uh, look i wish i could retire off. at 32 that'd be awesome i'm yeah, for, well, 34 yeah, and i'm true. not not close you could just be homeless i think <laughs> um all right so let's get the fourth and wrong we'll close with this and then tyler's an uncensored moment of the week uh but each and every week we ask you guys to send us i, I don't i didn't know i was gonna have to be this specific but like just stop sending us questions about poop um it is getting like, weird tyler said off air and he's like why why is there so much poop talk in this group and i said I, this has never been a thing i don't know why it's a thing all of a sudden um so regardless here are the questions from this week you can go ahead and start tyler all right so i'm i'm going through these here and it and the first one that caught my mind was caught so mind. jonathan mason said watch ted lasso the other day and the topic of relegation came up for example Vanderbilt would get relegated to a lower conference or division for underperforming and Memphis would take their place if they perform well. Do y'all think such a system could work with sports in America? I think it's perfect for college football. It would be logistics of it would be tough, but I'm so sick of these like bottom tier conference teams just being such a layup that it's almost like, 
it's like a it's like an off week for some of these teams. It's like right. Oh great, we're playing Georgia Tech. Let's just you know, Clemson Clemson rolls in. <laughs> they win by seventy. It's like, why did we even play that game? You know, the best so, bet I made all year with that, the first half. <laughs> I, I, like he, they covered the first quarter, I think. But yeah. So if you're that. like a Vandy and you lose every game by thirty, you should take a step down for a year, mm-hmm. see if you can win on that level, and then come back and get back to it. I don't know. What do you think? You so, think it work? I, I think that's stupid. Um, okay. Mainly because of this. Like <laughs> so. Um, like, I'm not like, and I'm not. No offense. College would be tough. You, College would be tough. Pros what you might just be said there. is was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So it's like that's all I meant. You know what Sweet. I mean? Well, Sweet. but but pros would be different because like, where would they, what other league would they go to? The minor leagues. Like if you're if you're in major league baseball, not a minor league. People, like the Pirates who aren't even in the field a team this yeah. year, or the Orioles, send them to the AAA. Okay, make them so that, play in a lower division. That that I would understand more from. And, and they, it's, they, it's tough though it's tough i don't know well, with college football the reason why it doesn't make sense because it's not just like it, it could would it be fun it would have been fun in a year like this or if you have if you if you consistently had a spring season or like fcs did it and it was like something that was i don't want to say gimmicky but that was like a part of it that would be fun to watch for sure where it doesn't make sense for um i think most college athletics and, and college football is yeah vandy is the, is one of the instances you brought up right vandy is terrible at football Vandy has the number one and number two overall prospect in baseball. They are the defending national champions from 2019 because they didn't have a 2020 season. And they're constantly one of the top teams in the country in, in baseball. Um, pretty good basketball program. Like historically, they've been to uh, yep. one less uh, Sweet 16 since the year 2000 than Michigan. So just send their football team down. What's the big but deal? So if you do that, though, like then, like, yeah, I mean, but what are you going to do? Like, then. That's, who are they gonna play? I, mean, I, I know we're thinking outside the box here, but I'm just saying it could be interesting. It's more <laughs> yeah. interesting than a Vandy Alabama game, I'll tell you that much. That's fair. Um, I mean, maybe it could work because, like, also, I guess that point there's like schools like I remember, like USC Upstate, that was in our our conference, like for baseball, like Division Two, but they were somehow Division One in basketball. Like, I don't, I don't know why you laughed. Right. Yeah, like Georgetown basketball, and then it's like I don't think Georgetown has other sports. Maybe they do, but I know they're not Division One. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, right. Next question. Okay. So the question I, I uh, brought up here and um, it was from McKaylin Crabtree. What's the best and worst Disney Pixar movie? Let's not do the best. Let's just do the worst because the best is so difficult. It's, it's something in the window from 92 to 95 with little mermaid, beauty and the beast, Aladdin and Lion King. I don't know yeah. which one for sure. Frozen is also fantastic. Aladdin. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, remember, I remember I went to the Fox theater to see Aladdin when I was like seven with my dad. And I was so stupid, I guess, because I was a kid. He was like, this is pretty cool, right? Like Fox Theater. And I was like, yeah, I can't believe they, they did all of this inside. Because if you've been to the Fox, it's got like this, like, at the time, it seemed like it was like the scene from the movie. Like it was like, Yeah, yeah, the sky. Yeah, they got like the yeah. weird sky on top of the, yeah. I, I, I thought they did that just for that movie. And my dad was like, no, son, they didn't do this for Aladdin. Um, but I think the worst is fan- Fantasia. That is, I don't I hate to be I, that. It, I agree with you. I, I don't. I can't you think of anything that's worse. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna just for the sake of content, I was gonna come up with something different. But that is the worst Disney movie that'll exist. It's so bad. Well, sorry, also, I'm glad that so. they've like they've done a better job of moving on from like like making the the deaths in those movies not as horrifying because like like Bambi, that was awful, <laughs> right? And that in Frozen. You start the movie and they're like, by the way, like, yeah, we're going on a trip. We'll be back next week. 
Like, don't do anything crazy kids and then like you see a wave come up it's like boom parents are dead moving on like what yeah. what just happened <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um okay so here's one that's a good one maybe people would want to know this but justin Lindsay asks how do y'all know each other and he also had a follow-up what's the wildest story that's podcast appropriate that y'all have together uh well so i can answer the first one chris you may be able to answer, I'll answer the other one, one. That's uh we know each other from a, a very good friend mutual obviously uh jason king if you're listening shout out to you sir uh you used to live with jason in college i went to high school with him in his living and room. Yeah. yeah at some point uh we met through him we were in his wedding together and that's kind of mm-hmm. where we we bonded on his bachelor party uh out in charleston um Folly wow. beach babe yeah Wildest I don't know why I said babe. I meant to say baby, and now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I am too. You think you're uncomfortable. <laughs> How do you guys know each other? Babe, you tell the story. You tell the story, babe. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Uh, yeah, that's how we met. It's funny, too, because like I like I, I viewed us because I was immature and had a lot of issues in, high, or in college, but I was like, I didn't like you, but for zero reason. I was oh, like, because like, Jason would always tell me that I, I told you this before, right? Or you, I don't think this is the first time I've heard this. <laughs> This is healthy to bring up now. Um, for some reason, I was just like, yeah, I don't like Tyler. He seems like a douchebag. And Jason's like, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. He's my best friend. I'm like, well, I'm your best friend now. It was very, very weird, uh, possessive <laughs> move by me. Ended up being an awesome guy. Um, and oh, <laughs> Jason so always brings that up. He's like, remember how you hated Tyler? I'm like, Can you? yes, I'm sorry. Hated myself. Um, uh, yeah, we, we hit it off and had a lot in common, all that kind of stuff. So it started the podcast. The craziest story? You want me to tell this? Uh, well, I could get into it. Uh, we used to have a former podcast, and and uh, we were recording one night. And uh, I guess at that point, maybe it was an ex at that point. All right. <laughs> so what it's happened was Tyler, I don't get in Tyler trouble. and I had Winning and Boozing. Uh, it was our old podcast. And um, we would record it. Like, like I lived in this basement apartment in Virginia Highlands. I think you're supposed to call them terrace-level apartments, but that doesn't sound it's so You creepy. lived in someone's basement. <laughs> I lived in this van and a basement. So um, I I had like met Allie. This was, we're recording in September. And I remember this yep. because I had met Allie in, in May. We had been talking and, and kind of started dating and like all that kind of stuff. Progressing. I had an ex that you I, guys were progressing to yeah, the next level. It's 2017. Yeah. I, I had an ex that I had, we had broken up. We broke up. We were awful, t- terribly toxic. She was the worst person. Um, and she like we broke up and got back together like a thousand different times right but we had broken up and she moved to new york and we were definitely broken up in 2016 (laughs) like yeah it was it had been a very long time so she was coming to atlanta and she had like i was like okay like we were we were like mid podcast for we sure. were at the very end of the podcast. Yeah, oh, that's and right. I was yeah, like, yeah. my ex is coming in town. Like, I don't know why she's telling me this. Like, you know, whatever. And and so and because she was being really nice and like wanted to see me, I was like, no. Like, I you know, I'm recording the podcast, whatever. Like, so we're recording the podcast. We're in the middle of the episode, right? And like where I was sitting, it was like in my living room, but it's like you can see through my front door where the driveway is and it's like this this hill. So you like you can't see who's in the driveway, right? They have to like turn this you corner. You can see the lights. You could hear what was happening. 
And all of a sudden, like I hear like a car park. I'm like, oh fuck. And I just had a sinking feeling. And we're in the middle of recording. You can still hear this this episode. It's still oh, yeah. available. It's, yeah. It was because like, I was for, for everyone that's listening, I used to edit the podcast and I was like, there's no way I'm taking this out. There's no. no way I'm taking this out. So so like this car comes, you hear a car coming. I was like, hold on, hold on. And I got like real nervous. Yeah. And, yep. and it was almost like someone's going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like you well, were like, that's, oh my God, that's what oh was my happening, God. to be honest. And, and so you get, your voice got real. You're like, oh my God. Hey, shh, shh, shh. Hey. Yeah, oh like that God. was gonna oh do anything. God. And you you were being a, a total dick about it. And you go, I was laughing. what if it's your ex? What if it's your ex? And I go, shut the fuck up. And sure enough, it was. And she oh, showed up. She like, walked right in on the door. Yeah. And and I was like, like it was very awkward. You could hear all of this happened and still on that episode. I have to bring that up. But um, yeah, it was a crazy I heard y'all's whole conversation too, because I just awful. kept recording and the microphone so, was so on. She had found out about Allie. She's like, Are you dating someone? I was like, Yes. <laughs> we haven't broken up for a year. And I guess she's like, is it this blonde girl? And she like, so Allie is like a super private person on social media and a very professional person. So she's just not on any of that stuff. It like, I am engaged to marry her. I couldn't find these pictures that, that my ex brought up to me. She was like, is this her? And I'm like, what the, where did you, it's like from inside her house or some shit. Um, and, and the worst part was, is I was going to visit Allie the next day. So it was this crazy, awful podcast. And I remember like the, there was a whole situation and the cops were called and I had to go out to LA the next day and I didn't really sleep the night before. And I was like, you seem tired. And I was like, oh, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> listen, yeah. to that, listen to the podcast. That so that fun. is the wildest story, I think probably from. All right. Last thing, uncensored uh, moment yep. of the week. Um, so head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers, Neil Brown, uh, look, College coaches all the time. It's almost talked about ad nauseum. Stick to the process, right? You always want to make sure you stick to the process. Get a routine going. Well, my man, Coach Neil Brown, he <laughs> has the process down to a T. He's got three kids, okay? And he's had all three kids over a seven-year period in the same exact week. <laughs> <laughs> and and that that week is in between National Signing Day and before spring practice starts. My man has three kids born February. Let me see if I can get the the dates right yeah, here. Get the, get, what are they? February fifteenth. He's got a fifteen a thirteen year old that was born on February fifteenth, a ten year old that was born on February sixteenth, and a six year old that was born on February eighteenth. All in the same week. My man knows how to stick to the process. It's not Shark Week, folks. It's Sex Week. And he is <laughs> so, ready. When is Sex Week? Because like now I'm uncomfortable, but I kind of also want to know, like, whatever well, 10 months would be ahead of this. It's kind of weird because, you know, a lot of people actually struggle to have kids. And my man mm. can dial it down to the exact week <laughs> he wants to get pregnant. I mean... Hey, shout out to Neil Brown, coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Maybe we can get him on the podcast one day to talk about it. Sticks to the process. Sex week, we can't. Sex I mean, week. Yeah. Hey, look. That is that is ridiculous. <laughs> that like we got to figure out what like it it can't be. It's obviously in April, right? Like I mean, this is something that is like when you first brought up Sex Week in the notes because I woke up to a text that just said Sex Week with the All song. Caps. I was like, okay, All yeah. Caps. <laughs> like I was like, babe, no. So. um no, but like when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is this is really good because but I thought it was like I was I was assuming they were waiting until after the season, right? Like like then to have the kids, but no, he's too smart for that because then if you wait until now, 
you would be having a kid right. in like December or, or exactly. November or something like that. So he has planned out so far ahead. Are these kids real? Like, I mean, for real, like, they, like they're not like it, I, it's possible. It doesn't seem like that would be a likely scenario, but maybe you, that they're so that they're not real. Gifts. You, like you know that he's gonna have like one other kid that's gonna have like a july 7th birthday like eight years from now it's like no you were on purpose totally yeah so hey shout out neil brown uncensored moment of the week my man sex week all three of his kids had a birthday last week so shout out to you sir <laughs> all right uh we hope all of you have a, a fantastic week hopefully it's sex week for you i guess i don't know um and <laughs> make sure you uh subscribe to the podcast cultural uncensored leave a five-star review um and go subscribe uh, new feed yep college football uncensored go subscribe yeah and give us a five-star review while you're at it yeah but definitely subscribe more than anything and then um yeah. <laughs> you know i'll just say like it's still the off season we were lucky that we were able to bring up so many things about ed edward watson um <laughs> university I think we're getting things confused at this point <laughs> yeah edward so waters, it, desmond it, watson edward waters i haven't said a name right this entire fucking episode um you know tim tabo one up tim tabo <laughs> Um, no, but send us anything you guys want to talk about, like the like topics in the offseason, all that kind of stuff. We would love to hear from you all. And uh, and until next week, I'm Chris Marler. Tyler, take it away, man. Hey, man. Thanks. And five-star reviews. Go subscribe. Thanks for listening. Bye.